0: We give participants in a wide range of social change work a chance to take a longer view as they talk about what they do, how they do it, and why they do it. On this week's show, I will be speaking with Charlie Huntley and Shelby Kennedy. Both of them are baristas in different coffee shops in Halifax, and both are worker organizers with Baristas Rise Up. Workers in the service sector often don't make a lot of money, and often have to put up with unfair and arbitrary decisions about everything from how many hours they get, to what the work processes are, to who gets fired and why. And the stereotype goes that people in low-wage service sector jobs are all well-off kids looking for pocket money, but if that was ever true, it certainly isn't now, with more and more people, young and old, depending on such jobs to live, whether it is for a few years or over the long haul. In Halifax, a group of young workers at a single coffee shop got together and decided they needed to organize themselves. After a long fight that involved firings and a public shaming campaign against their employer, they won certification and from that small beginning has sprung an exciting campaign that aims to support and organize baristas in establishments around the city. Rather than being driven by union staffers, it is workers themselves who are leading it and making it happen. Huntley and Kennedy talked to me about the origins of baristas' rise up, the resistance they've faced, the victories they've won, and how they hope to organize industry-wide. I spoke to them by phone from Halifax.
1: My name is Charlie Huntley. I live in Halifax, Nova Scotia. I grew up in rural Nova Scotia. I currently am a barista at Just Us Cafe, at the one on Spring Garden which is where the organizing baristas began for this organizing drive. I was a university student at Dalhousie University. I studied health promotion. Health promotion can be a bunch of different things, but for me, I was looking to get into mental health or gender justice throughout my education really come to realize that capitalism was the key issue that really exacerbates a lot of our social problems and make everybody's living conditions that much worse when you are dealing with certain types of oppression. That being said, I graduated in 2011, so I couldn't find work and I really needed a job. So... I took a job at a cafe, and I also was doing some soul-searching, like what do I want to do as a career. As time went on working at the cafe, I realized students are really struggling to make ends meet. Oftentimes, we're also treated as if we are disposable and are unjustly fired from assumptions that bosses make without actually confirming their assumptions. And what that does is it throws a giant wrench through your life plans, right? How are you going to pay for rent while you're going to school? And how are you going to study while all you can think about is how you can't
2: feed yourself,
1: So, throughout working as a barista, I realized something really has to change for young folks in order to even work these jobs, and currently there are very few unionized positions for young folks. What that means is a lot less job stability, and tuition is through the roof, so we're in an increasingly precarious position, so that's why I felt like it was important to, to organize our cafe,
2: I'm Shelby Kennedy. I also live in Halifax, Nova Scotia. I currently work at the Second Cup on Quinnpool Road. We just had a union vote this summer in June, and that has been progressing well. And I have also recently joined the group Baristas Rise Up. I have been working in the coffee industry ever since I was 14 years old. I've been working in the industry for about seven years now. I have gone to university for three terms and then scrapped the idea when I didn't feel that there was a career waiting for me at the end of a Bachelor of Arts. And so I decided that I would also do some soul searching and work at the same time since all my experience was in coffee, that I would continue on in that respect. As for myself, since I have been working in the coffee industry for seven years, I feel like I've gained a lot of experience uh, and a lot of knowledge about the industry and the business, and I feel like my opinions should at least be heard and considered, and unfortunately, since. A lot of young people like myself and Charlie are sort of marginalized and viewed as transitional or disposable. That working conditions are neither livable or reliable for us. And I feel like it's really important for us to be able to rise up and say something about it and to tell others that they can also say something and do something.
1: And to speak a little bit about Baristas Rise Up, we are a rank-and-file worker-led movement. It began with myself and Shay and Eli thinking about the issues we were facing at work and what we could do about it. We went from there and decided to join a union and the Baristas Rise Up specifically came out of an organizing drive around, like we launched a public shaming campaign against our employer for firing two of the key organizers of our union drive. And so from there, it grew. We realized a lot of the complications that arise and how other baristas could probably use some help background on, like, this was our
0: So tell me more about the nuts and bolts of how the organizing happens, both in the sense of the organizing within specific workplaces, but also the organizing to spread baristas' rise up to new people and and new workplaces.
1: A lot of the organizing within the workplace, there are lots of interesting legal considerations and conversations that you have to have privately away from your boss. And so sometimes what this means is depending on what shifts you're scheduled and who you're working with, we really had to divide up who was going to talk to which co So, you know, I have closer relationships with supportive are they do they have indignant questions about it or are they actually just curious so sometimes what it meant was we would have smaller conversations separately, and then we would go out for a night at the bar and talk to each other about you know, what our working conditions are and what are problems for some folks, and why is it that this employee has no trouble at all with management, and why is it that most of the other employees are always being treated unfairly? And I found that throughout a lot of the beginning, I had to keep my schedule pretty clear for when something would come up that they were angry about and they wanted to vent about. And you have to be ready to move and act. from there but right now what we're working on is going to cafes trying to see if we recognize any of the workers if we do, and we know them, to get in touch with them outside of work, or if not, if you see them coming off shift, you say hi, introduce yourself, and let them know, like, this is what's going on with us, and we were just wanting to know what other baristas' working conditions are, and we're trying to gauge interest in seeing if anyone else is wanting to join our Baristas Rise Up movement.
0: And tell me about some of the responses that you get trying to connect with other baristas whom you don't already have established relationships with. What kind of things are you hearing from them?
2: We actually haven't had anything
1: negative in terms of being shut down and people being irate or anything. Like We were kind of expecting some people to be like, who the hell are you? And why are you waiting for me after work, weirdo? we kind of expected that but it hasn't really we've had some curious folks who are like well i'm actually on my way out because i'm starting school we've also had contacts with folks who are like oh my god i'm so glad you're here i want to know like everything so that's really been like mixed reviews but with unestablished relationships it's been good i've met Some baristas at social events, and I actually had somebody say to me, Well, I think it's pretty clear what happened. You know, like a couple of punks got fired and they were really upset. And I had to like take a deep breath and be like, Well, actually, you'd be interested to know that that's not what happened.
0: In terms of employer responses, you mentioned that Just Us fired a couple of the worker organizers. What have some of the other employers done in response to finding out that there's organizing going on in their workplaces?
2: At my workplace at the Second Cup on Quinnpool Road, we have one owner and then everybody else is a minimum wage worker. So once our owner found out about the certification, She did send us all a letter saying that she would prefer that we vote no for the union and that there were lots of things that a union couldn't do for us and that if we went through with the union that it might end her business. There was even more backlash afterwards. We had a meeting after the union vote where our owner introduced a whole load of new policies regarding Hours, such as my hours, were uh, cut. I was working full-time, and then suddenly the next week I was working only 18 hours as opposed to 40 hours that I was used to getting. Our shifts were cut down from 8 hours to only 5-hour shifts. This meant that we didn't get a break, that we worked by ourselves, and this means that we weren't allowed to leave the cash, neither for a break or even a bathroom break. And then she also introduced a new policy on tips, Before the union vote, we would have divided up all the change we received from that day equally among the people who had been on that shift, and we would all walk away with that money. However, after the union vote, she decided to change the policy and saying that she would be collecting all of the tips, and at the end of each week, she would take out of our tips the shortages from the till that week and then she would put the rest of that money onto our paychecks depending on how many hours we had worked and this meant that not only was a little bit of our money getting taken for shortages in the till our money was also being taxed on our paychecks and we did not agree to this and we were very unhappy with it and it's still going on today and within about two or three weeks of the union vote three of my coworkers were fired
1: Another really stressful employer backlash thing that happened to another cafe was that they sent a supervisor and another person who was about to become a manager at another second cup to one of our union meetings of the folks in that cafe. These people showed up they were super indignant they were yelling they brought somebody else along who didn't work at the cafe that they claimed all of a sudden now they do that they've filed for the union vote they intimidated a lot of the workers
0: what options do workers and worker organizers have in the face of these kinds of employer backlash
1: so i think that that's really important Employers freak out and fire people and behave in really unprofessional ways with their employees, regardless of whether or not there's a union there, regardless of whether or not there's a union drive going on. But once you begin a union drive, you do have legal protections. The current legal system is pretty slow, however. That does not benefit the workers because if you're working a low-wage job and you're told to wait three months before you get any sort of uh, justice, meaning uh, back pay, that is one of the options for workers who have their hours cut or if they're fired, they can be reinstated with back pay. But because it takes so long, it can be really hard. So what we have to do as organized workers is say, do we have enough money in the bank account to launch a public shaming campaign? Do we want our faces all over town for all of the other employers to know that we are militant workers and probably therefore less employable if we do it publicly? But some of the workers have gotten jobs While they're waiting, there is some strike fund set aside, but we would like to get to a place where we can have a more solid strike fund for the workers.
2: One of the steps that happened in our cafe that we chose to take to protect ourselves a little bit was we took a photo of all of the people in the union drive. We posted it in our cafe on a community bulletin board and it had a caption of we are voting yes on June the 5th just to demonstrate publicly that we are union supporters so that everybody knows (laughs) and that um, we are protected a little under those trade union act laws so that if if somebody were to get fired, we could prove that we were union supporters, that we were known publicly as union supporters, so we would be able to say that if somebody was fired, that they were fired for unionizing.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Another thing that we did as precautions when we
1: began our union drive and we found out that management caught wind of our organizing drive as I started wearing a tape recorder on me to work every day as a means of, say, my boss asks me about a union that's illegal. She's not allowed to do that. So I would have documentation of that happening
0: And tell me about the scope of the campaign so far, just in terms of number of shops that have voted yes, number where there's active organizing, that kind of thing.
1: Right now, we only have the two cafes that are certified. One voted, and the ballot box hasn't been opened yet, and we've got, say, about four others that are talking, but haven't yet gotten to a point where they are going to file for a vote.
0: How have you found engaging with the larger public about some of these issues? I mean, I seem to remember there being, I think it was in one of the national papers, there was some ridiculous <laughs> opinion column about $10 oh, yeah. cups of coffee. and like, How do you respond to some of that?
2: I feel when I read that stuff that they are very uninformed and that it is mostly just silliness. Actually, as a union, we wouldn't be able to take more than the cafe can give. And actually, it's not really about the money. We're not really fighting to be paid more. We're mostly talking about just working conditions and the working environment. Uh, We want to see fair practices with scheduling and fair practices with tips. Uh, I just feel that it's a little bit uninformed for somebody to say that the price of our coffee is going to go up to $8, because it isn't.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. So the National Post one I found particularly hilarious. I was actually a little bit proud. It was like that moment where you're like, right-wing media is covering your thing that you've started, because there's are so scared that it's going to affect their lives. And for me, I was like, whoa.
0: Was a piece that came out on the media co op by I think probably the same Shay that you've been talking about, Charlie, mm-hmm. about the connection between queer struggle and class struggle. Do you have any response to that? Any thoughts about that connection in the context of Baristas Rise Up?
1: I think it's really important for us to realize that uh, barista jobs are one of the fewer jobs that the labor isn't divided by gender. And so for trans people, what that means is it's going to be less awkward of an encounter with your boss knowing where to put you in the workplace. What I think is really important to note is that service work and low-wage work, groups that are disproportionately represented in this sector, in the service sector, include women, people of color, immigrants, and queer and trans folks. That is reflective of the society we live in. That's reflective of us being marginalized groups of people and oppressed, sometimes multiply so. So for us, what having a union can do means that I actually have legal representation in the work. To get by in that period of time. So, what it means is that I can hold this job for a longer period of time and not be fired unjustly.
0: It sounds like the organizing hasn't been the usual kind of, you know, led by union staff rep kind of organizing, that it's actually been workers themselves. Talk a little bit about the significance of that.
1: file workers active in order to maintain a certain level of diligence in the workplace in order to like put us in a better position for bargaining in the future we're going to have to increase density and it's also just more empowering to have the workers take this on and of course we need guidance from the union because this is all very new, but it's more of us putting our knowledge in and them putting their knowledge in and us coming to more of a collective idea of how to move forward.
0: You mentioned the need for more density when it comes to bargaining, and I think that connects to some of the challenges of organizing this sector in particular. So what are some of those challenges?
1: that people are used to spending years upon years in. You will have some folks that want to spend longer amounts of time in a cafe, but for the most part people are either fired or they quit. What that means, you can think you're gonna do a union drive in three months or less, but it takes a long time actually to get from the point where you start talking to workers to the point where you're done your collective agreement. So, we actually probably started talking to people in December in our cafe, and right now,
0: My interview with Charlie Huntley and Shelby Kennedy of Baristas Rise Up in Halifax. To follow the campaign's work, you can search for their page on Facebook. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, or to make suggestions about topics for future shows, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link marked radio. That's talkingradical.ca. Yeah.